Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. everybody. Hey, hopefully you're listening to us on radio.com. What? You say you haven't downloaded that yet? What are you waiting for? Come on. Let's get moving along here. You want to be in touch with what's really happening. And remember... There's one spot to be on Sunday mornings. It's here on the fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We have a very lively show on tap today, and it kicks off a series of live programs. Our thanks to JJ After Dark for providing a wonderful lead-in to our discussion today. We have in studio a guest who has joined us before on our program. His name is uh, Tom Gagliano. Tom, in his background, is a relationship and addiction expert, an author, a speaker. Um, among the publications that he has authored is a book entitled The Problem Was Me. As a matter of fact, there's a copy of this book literally sitting on the console in front of me. And this is one of those rare times on Sunday mornings, and I always love when this happens, when the guest is actually in studio with us. Well, good morning. It's nice to have you join us. Thanks, Bob. Great to be here. Appreciate it. We're going to be talking about this topic of the legalization of gambling in our discussion today and the proliferation of gambling. Now, there are many areas to go in discussion. Those of you who have listened to this program over the years have known that we've had some lively, to say the least, discussions on the topic of compulsive gambling. And I would imagine we're going to have another one today. I will also mention the fact that in the course of our discussion today, We'll have the opportunity to take some calls from some of the folks listening to us. If you want to, at any point, you can join our discussion here at The Fan. Of course, the number is 877-337-6666. Tom, when I say to you, the legalization of gambling, what does that evoke as a feeling for you? Well, as a compulsive gambler, it scares me. I understand why. I mean, it's designed to help Americans bet on sports in a safe and regulated government. Sounds great. Um, 
And certainly it works for compulsive uh, for gamblers that can control their gambling, have fun with their gambling. But, you know, we have 12 million compulsive gamblers in this country. And that scares me a little bit. It scares me because to any addict, the addiction is like oxygen. Oxygen. And it's hard for somebody who's not an addict to understand that. And it's great to gamble a little bit, to drink a little bit. But when you start to do it to the point that it comes first, where it controls you, you don't control it. And now the government is regulating it. It's kind of scary because what the government is doing, they're, they're regulating something that can hurt a lot of people, that could be addictive to a lot of people. That's scary. Okay. There are people who are listening to our discussion today who also will react and say, wait a minute. I gamble. I can gamble. This is not a problem for me. How do you respond to them? Great. That's how I respond. If you could gamble, look, uh, again, when gambling is done in a way where you enjoy it, you have fun. You know, we have prisons filled with people that said, all I did was start to gamble a little bit. We have cemeteries filled with people that said, I can control my gambling. Gambling uh, compulsive gambling is the leading area of all addictions where the suicide rate is the highest. So when somebody says that, if you can control it, that's fine. But I do know where, ga- where compulsive gambling can take people. And when gambling controls the person, when you are in trouble with the law because of your gambling, maybe you're taking money in areas you shouldn't take. Maybe you're losing your job because you uh, aren't as tentative on uh, your job as you should be because you're looking at different ways to gamble and taking up a lot of time. When your family members are really fed up with your gambling, you're hiding gambling, you're uh, you're gambling more than you should, you can't stop. To those people, that's who I, 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 I give the message to. Is this really good? Is this really going to help those people? And, and a, plus, it hurts the poor more because they want to gamble more because they are in need of money more. So it hits the poor people more. Um, and the government could become very addicted to the revenue it receives from this. <laughs> and there's another, there's another little uh, question that uh, we could talk about as well. Hello, New Jersey. Yeah, hello, New Jersey. Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of little red flags here that I, I don't know if people are really aware of that could make this law um, become detrimental to a lot of people. Okay. Now, let's back up for a couple of minutes here because one of the things that you said is that you can identify in this area as a compulsive gambler. You mind sharing your story? Oh, absolutely. Listen, uh, you know, I started out like most gamblers, uh, just betting a few dollars. Uh, and, uh, you know, like most people that are alcoholics, you, you drank a beer or two. But here's the thing. It, my mantra, my book, The Problem Was Me, centers on childhood messages. Not over here blaming parents for anything that they did. But I think in our lives, childhood messages into, uh, influence the intimacy we have or don't have, our parenting skills, the roles we play even how we show up later on in life. And I really believe that many addicts are emotional cripples. I think that they, the, uh, the addiction becomes an intimacy substitute. And when you grow up with a void inside for whatever reason, you look to fill that void in, uh, in, in the wrong way. 
And I know for me, not having a dad that wasn't around, he was an alcoholic. He, you know, I, I saw how juiced up he got when it came to his gambling. And I started to fill that void as I grew older, feeling that that's going to make me whole. That's going to really charge me up. And unfortunately, it wasn't about winning money. And that's the key to a compulsive gamble. It's really not about winning money because there's no amount of money you're going to win that's going to suffice and fill that void inside. Mm. So you keep looking and looking and looking. I knew a guy who won $2 million and was broke in a couple of years because it's not a matter if I win a certain amount of money, I'll be okay. doesn't work like that. When you're filling a void internally with gambling, there's not enough money you're going to win that's going to fill that void. And it just escalates and escalates until you get yourself in trouble in one of those ways. Either you're losing your job, you're going to jail, or your family says, I'm done. Can't take this anymore. I'm out of here. And that's really the unfortunate piece of, of, of compulsive gambling or any addiction for that matter. So when did you get the message that this was completely out of control? When my wife walked out. That was a pretty clear message when her and the kids said, hey, take it easy, get help, or I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. And usually what makes everybody in life really turn it around? Life itself, it, it smacks you in the face and says, listen, you know, you got to get help. Look at your life. Your best thinking isn't working. And that's when I entered uh, a 12-step fellowship. I got therapy and I started working. And what I found out was all of these addictions – symptoms. They're really not the problem. The guy who drinks too much, his problem's just not drinking. The gambler, it's not gambling. The overeater, it's not overeating. It's really what's underneath. It's a brokenness inside. It's a void inside that really comes from childhood. Look, I, I always say this uh, when I'm on the air. All children are egocentric, and, and addiction is not prejudice. It doesn't care what diversity you are, how rich you are, poor you are, what religion you are. It doesn't matter. And as a child, when my dad was walking out the door and was never around because he was gambling and womanizing and doing all these things, I never said, she, my dad has drinking and gambling problems. When I'm eight years old, I said, what's the matter with me? Something's got to be wrong with me or my dad would want to be around. Mm -hmm. And that message created the void that I looked to fill in a lot of wrong ways. And that's what addiction is, filling the void in the wrong way. And Addicts don't realize this. This is why I'm on the radio talking about this, that addiction is but a symptom. It's really that brokenness inside. And you have to look on the, those unswept corners of your life if you really want to stop the problem. I call it switching seats in the Titanic. Many addicts will stop gambling and say, see, I was able to stop gambling. How's your life? Well, I'm, you know, I'm spending like crazy. I'm bankrupt or my wife's leaving me, whatever. If you don't fix what's broken underneath, you'll just, again... Switch seats in a Titanic. Mm -hmm. The old rearranging the deck chairs exactly. uh, joke as it is. Exactly. When you talk about the experience that you went through, did you try to stop and fail? Did you go back? Yeah, I did. You know, here's the thing. Because that's something we hear an awful lot. Yeah. You know, you know we're taught as human beings, never to give up, mm -hmm. you know, keep at it. I'm a very successful businessman. Why? Because I'm self-reliant. I control the business area around me. I make sure I get the job done. Mm -hmm. When you get in recovery, 
that'll bite you on the you-know-what. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, all of that control and willpower, self-reliance, it doesn't work if you're the only one in charge of the recovery process. So you have to surrender, give it up to another process that you can't control. And I can tell you working with addicts, and I facilitate many groups for recovering addicts, one of the toughest things that they have to deal with is entering a process that they can't control. They're not in charge of. Recovery is not about I'm in charge of it. It's about allowing other people to guide you and be in charge of it. That's very hard for most of us because we're taught early on that we can do it. Willpower works. If I try hard enough, I can do it. And I want to tell everybody out there, if I was able to stop gambling by myself, I would have done it. But I couldn't do it myself. I had to acquiesce and let other people guide my recovery. And that's not easy for most of us. We Mm -hmm. don't trust processes we can't control, especially if we're coming from a childhood that wasn't functional. Because in that kind of childhood, we realized if I don't control it, I'm not going to be okay. I'm not going to be safe. Mm. Interesting discussion we're having on our program with uh, Tom Gagliano, and we've really just started our discussion. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We are in a discussion on our program uh, talking about this uh, topic of gambling and compulsive gambling. Interestingly enough, in a discussion with uh, Tom Gagliano, he is a best-selling author of The Problem Was Me. He is a relationship and addiction expert, author and speaker, and he's uh, joined us here in studio on a program on The Fan. There's lots of different areas to go in discussion. I mentioned earlier, too, that in the course of our chat, you want to join us, you can. 877-337-6666 is our number. Uh, there's so many areas potentially to go in um, where we're ta- what we're talking about here. You know, you were talking about the background as a um, compulsive gambler. And one of the thoughts that I naturally have in doing discussions like this is to talk about, okay, what can be done? What kind of help is there available for somebody who, well, is, who is able to identify strongly with what you've talked about? Well, one of the things that I tell people is that you have to make your life or recovery a we process, not a me process which means now I need to solicit professional help. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to pay for a therapist. You could go to a 12-step meeting. Council for Compulsive Gamblers, 1-800-GAMBLER is a great place to start. They'll guide you. But it's scary for, for me. I remember when I started to reach out and get help. It's very scary, that first step. Because, again, as I believe that anybody who's an addict is an emotional cripple, and I believe addiction becomes the intimacy substitute, it's very scary to go and be intimate and vulnerable with other people and tell them what you've done and your shortcomings. It's not an easy thing to do. With strangers, too. With strangers. That's the other thing. Yeah, great point. With strangers. So that first step is always the toughest step. Mm -hmm. And if you could do the first step, sometimes there's a great uh, lifting pressure off of you because for the first time you're able to talk a little bit about 
you know, how you feel. Look, one of the things that got me to get help is I couldn't stand the person I saw in the mirror in the morning. Did not like what I saw. At one level, I knew I was hurting my family and I was losing money that was taking away not only money, but time. You know, compulsive gamblers, they're not just, you know, spending an hour or two watching football games. They're watching, uh, their gambling takes hours on end away from their spouse, their significant other, their children. So you're betraying everybody, really. So it's not just losing money. There's a lot of other facets involved. And I didn't like the lack of patience I had with my kids, short-tempered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that I didn't want to really go anywhere where I wasn't going to be around a TV or somewhere where I can check out what I was doing. I didn't like what was happening inside, too. And at that point, when I got help, the biggest thing I realized in my life was it wasn't my wife and kids that didn't love me. I had an issue with loving myself. That's what I really had to work on. Mm-hmm. Chronologically, wh- when was this time, Wes? Was this occurring at a time before, I, I, I almost hate to phrase it this way, but I will. Am I an old but, dinosaur? Uh, I got b- it. <laughs> b- before the internet was so prominent. Yes. I was, I was uh, I'm clean since 92. So when I used to bet, I used to have to get the phones. And let me tell you something. When I would put in $2 to get to the bookie and that phone didn't work, I must have broke a lot of phones out there in (laughs) central New Jersey. Because, I mean, you know, with the operator, you need to put in another 25 cents. What, are you kidding me? Um, But, you see, I would go out in snowstorms in my pajamas to get to a phone. Again, it becomes oxygen. Now, I have to explain something. Yes. Some people were listening to us yeah, who were thinking, wait a minute, he's going out to get to a phone. Why wouldn't he just use this? This generation is thinking, why wouldn't he just use his cell phone? What's a cell phone? Cell phone wasn't around then. <laughs> he's talking about going to a pay phone. A pay phone. A Remember pay that? Phone. Remember that? I used to take the horse and buggy, you know, to the pay phone. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, yeah, but, you know... It, Thank God, I want to tell you, because nowadays it's so easy to flip a computer mm. on to get a phone. Mm. Oh, I can't imagine. Mm. I can't imagine uh, the debt I would have been in mm. today uh, based on where it was years ago. So, um, yeah, but but it, the need to get the bed in. I remember 1 o'clock, and let me tell you, that, that line was busy calling the bookie over and over and over. And literally... I didn't even come down from that high until like the second quarter. Mm-hmm. I didn't even put the game on. I was on a high of just getting it in. You know what I talk about in the groups that I facilitate, what's just as powerful as the gambling addiction is the gambling ritual. The ritual gamblers start way before they put the bet in. You know, uh, checking out the lines, the weather, the this, the that. There's a whole ritual. And I want to tell, I tell all the clients that come to me in my groups, if you don't break the ritual... You're never going to stop the bet. There's no way you're not going to make that bet once that ritual starts. It's you just, the endorphins, the dopamine, your brain chemistry gets fused together with the addiction. And the other thing is, see, one thing all addicts don't know how to do is regulate the discomfort. They don't know how to do that. All discomfort gets regulated by addiction, not by talking to people, not by processing your feelings like a healthy person would. It all gets fused together with addiction. When I'm discomforted, I got to go make that bet. It's the only thing I trust that's going to calm down at discomfort, mm-hmm. which is also what I talk about in my groups. 
how to regulate your discomfort like a healthy adult, not a little kid. Is that something that requires a learning process to be able to really master it? Yes. And it also requires mentors as when I get a new group member in there Mm -hmm. and he hears how other people have learned to trust people instead of their addiction for their coping mechanism. When they're discomforted by a fight with a wife, a husband, kids, boss, whatever, now they've learned to regulate it by talking and texting other group members. See, that's the good thing about the old cell phones that we didn't have years ago in that my group members are all on text together that they could put their discomforts out there way before they want to go blow half their salary on a bet. Mm-hmm. And it's a training. Like you said, it's a structure. It's a different way of training your thinking to use, to start to trust people as your coping mechanism rather than thinking the only way I can regulate my discomfort is by making those big bets. Okay. Trusting people is one aspect of it, but you also need, I would think, a support system at home. Yes. How does that work? Well, that's a great question. The support system at home doesn't come first Mm -hmm. because you've hurt the people at home Mm -hmm. and they have every right to be angry. They have every right to not trust you. All compulsive gamblers or addicts have lied because their addiction comes first. So you have to first start with a support system outside of the home. And when you start to build sobriety and time away from gambling, drinking, whatever your MO is, your addiction, you start to feel better about yourself, which allows you then to start to show up as a healthier person at home. And trust, that's how trust gets built. I've had so many people that are miracles. You never would have believed that they would have healed and worked it out with their families. And let's face it, sorry is not a verbal action. It's not verbal, it's an action word. You have to show your sorry, why actions. Making your family the priority in your life. Because in addiction, they weren't your priority. The addiction was. So when you start to show up, as I call it, like a healthy adult, put on your big boy, big girl shoes, all of a sudden trust comes back. But it doesn't come back immediately. First, you need your support group to help hold you up before you really get that trust from home. Mm. And with all of those things going on, for the gambler, the addict, what's it like as your processes begin to change? Basically, your brain is beginning to change. Mm-hmm. You're structuring your life differently, correct. How much of an adjustment is that? You know when people get help, Bob, is when they want to, not when they need to. There's many people listening to the show today that need help. Oh, I know that. But the people that want to get help, and usually we want to get help when we're losing something we have and not getting something we want, and all of a sudden life kind of makes us get help. To me, the key is you need to build witnesses in your life. Witnesses are those people that know your truth. Witnesses are those people, they could be therapists, group members, uh, bishops, priests, rabbis, that really know your truth, that you can call them up and they know what you're really struggling with. Because all addicts are fragmented. We split into two. Early on, from my childhood, I built a mask to show the world. And my mask was a pretty good one. But inside, 
I wasn't a happy camper. I didn't like who I saw in the mirror, as I said before. But nobody was going to see that inside of me until I got into recovery. I kept that uh, far from the world. Now, addicts have different masks. We come in all different colors. We come in all different races and religions and everything. But we all can relate on the inside. There's something in there that doesn't feel right. Mm. And until we get to that point in our lives where we trust enough to make our insides come out to other people, witnesses, we really can't get better. And that's what I mean when I said earlier, you may stop gambling, but you're going to find something else to numb your, your to medicate your pain. Mm. And being able to, I guess, manage that desire mm -hmm. to move in that direction, how, how does one work to, I guess, to curb that desire? It, it, it's, there's, there's no such thing to an addict as gambling a little. Can't be a little pregnant, mm -hmm. okay? It's all or nothing. Because, again, one of the biggest problems an addict has is I can control it. See, I, I used to do this with bookies. I used to crack myself. I used to tell bookies, look, when I lose 2000 a week, you stop. You don't allow me to put in another bet until I would be, I'd be losing more than 2000 a week. Then I'd call the book up and say, you better put in my bet. You better put in my bet. See, I try to use all these ways to control my gambling, thinking that I can do it, and I never could, and no addict can. And that's exactly why, you know, we have, again, prisons where people thought they could control it, and they weren't able to. So you have to go into it with two feet. You can't go into it a little bit. And the trust piece comes up again. That's, that's the killer. Can I trust other people to help me and soothe my pain like gambling can? Not easy. $2,000 a week. Oh, that was early on, though. That was, yeah. 2000 a week became much more than that later on. Until, again, uh, I depleted everything I had. Uh, and, of course, my wife found out about it. And that's when I uh, took a little vacation from my house. Um, and I had that choice. See, I could fix what was broken in me or I was going to lead a very lonely life. And there's not an addict out there in active addiction that's not leading a very lonely life. Mm. When you talk about this idea of recovery... We've talked before on this program about recovery being basically a lifelong process. How intense is it to keep that going? You know what's funny? Sometimes when we say things, it sounds like a punishment almost. It sounds like to those out there that are gambling maybe more than they should or have issues, it's like we're talking about this being a lifelong punishment. And it's really not. And it's hard for me to express to those how rewarding it is when you're not gambling, how much better you feel about yourself, how closer you can get with your family um, when you're in the midst of the addiction. Rewards don't come right away. You have to stop first. You have to build enough sobriety to know that, wow, I am actually happier. But it's hard to explain that to somebody when they're in their addiction. And it is... Uh, 
a lifelong change. You structure your life differently. You can't hang out with the same people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can't, uh, you, 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 you get alcoholic. It's not good to hang out in bars. Uh, you know, so <laughs> it could be a bit of a problem. A bit of a yes. problem, right. yeah. Although I know some that tried, but uh, but but it, it truly is a different life. But it's a happier life. But you got to give it time. Mm, okay, I want to follow up on that point and a couple other things that you've mentioned. We're in a discussion with Thomas Gagliano on our program. He's best-selling author of The Problem Was Me. He is talking with us also as a relationship and addiction expert. And he is in studio with us on our program this morning. Uh, Thomas Gagliano, that's all this one word, dot com, his uh, website. More with him, and we'll also, if you want to join us in the discussion, take your calls. Radio.com. It's Sunday morning on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We are along until 7.30 this morning when the NFL preview program happens. Sports Edge follows our 8 o'clock update and football Sundays along after our 9 o'clock update this morning. We're in a discussion with Thomas Gagliano on our program. He's best-selling author of The Problem Was Me. We're talking about this topic of compulsive gambling. I've mentioned the fact we'll also... Work in some thoughts from some of the folks listening to us if you want to join the discussion. 877-337-6666 is our number here at The Fan. This idea, the concept of being happy uh, without gambling, you were talking about this before we paused for our update and um, messages. How difficult is that uh, to get across to a compulsive gambler? Because... You know, I think back to something you've mentioned a couple of different times. You've mentioned filling a void. And I think explaining that to somebody whose life is being driven by gambling, basically, in every way imaginable, the life is being driven by that. How do you shift the thought process it it, it, it like uh, like i mentioned before bob it comes down to really life smacking you in the face you know if, if you're borrowing money uh from the wrong people facing legal issues losing time at work sneaking bets if you're doing all of these things it will get worse and it just gets worse until it gets to that point where you're they say in the 12-step program i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and then all of a sudden uh it it, it does it can and might shift. Uh, you know, some people, unfortunately, like I said, compulsive gamblers, the suicide rate is higher with compulsive gamblers than any other addiction. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty powerful statement, but it's pretty scary. Um, but it shifts when you're sick and tired of, of just being sick and tired and, and life is not treating you too well. Um, and that's really when somebody, uh, you know, might get help. Uh, it's very hard to tell somebody who's not at that, bottom to stop gambling you know i I love sports i i played sports my whole life uh sports was great when i stopped gambling i had to stop watching sports for a couple of months because i would get too triggered to make a bet and then after a while i was able to you know watch my favorite teams the yankees giants knicks and not get triggered to make a bet just enjoy the sport itself but there's a, a, a weaning off process that had to happen for me a, a while to know that I can enjoy the game without having a bet in the game. So 
you have to be a little patient with your progress, but you got to make it a wee process. You have to allow other people to kind of guide your, uh, your um, decision-making for a while because mm. your decision-making is not going to be good if, it's, if you're drunk with addiction. We live in a society where just about everybody wants everything yesterday, <laughs> okay? Absolutely. Uh, especially in, in this area of the country, as Without you well doubt. know. Okay? Without a doubt. Um, how does that factor into the approach that is taken in dealing with a compulsive gambler and recovery? Because recovery, I'm assuming, isn't something and can't be something that's going to happen overnight. Right. Right. It, it, it is. It's a, a great piece to the puzzle. Um, when you uh, want something immediately, immediate mm. gratification, it certainly makes it a lot harder to have patience with the process. And I think that that is something that uh, is very prevalent with millennials and, and the, 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 uh, the, the people today. Uh, immediate gratification. You know, again, everything's so easy. Texting, computers, you know, you, you can, you can, uh, you can um, get involved with gambling so easy today. You don't have to go outside of your, your bedroom. You can just hibernate and isolate. And, uh, and that's the other thing with, with uh, addicts of any kind. Isolation becomes a very comfortable but toxic place to be. And you stop socializing. You stop allowing new information into your thinking. Um, and, and all of these things uh, are part of the uh, ingredients in the soup that create that, that, uh, that compulsive gambler and the difficulty in allowing yourself to get help. I want what I want what I want it. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. WFAN's toll-free line, 877-337-6666. It's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Let's start with uh, folks via the phone and go first to uh, Mike in East Rockaway, who's calling us this morning. Mike, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Tom. Um, I listen to your show, Bob, uh, every Sunday morning um, and other good shows. Uh, You you know, I'm in my early 60s. I have two kids. My daughter's 28 now. My son graduated college, 23. Uh, I had a problem. Um, before my kids were born, even after they arrived, casinos, card games, uh, ponies. I needed the juice. I needed the action every day. Uh, I wasn't spending the mortgage money, but Tom, I was listening, uh, to, uh, your life and others. The old saying I mentioned to friends is you try to get even and you get even worse. Yep. You know, um, on my birthday, that was 15, 16 years ago, I said, enough is enough. I'm going to GA meeting. And I did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, now I don't gamble like I once did. I occasionally uh, gamble, but, but not, not to the extent, not even close to the extent. Uh, I once maxed out my credit card in Atlantic City, uh, $5,000 in a period of six months, blackjack. Um, so I know, and I can leave you with this. Uh, Bob and Tom, um, you know, drugs and drug addicts, they're going to pass out after a while. But compulsive gamblers will beg, borrow, steal to put that uh, so-called needle in their arm where they get the action every day. And you, you know what I'm talking about, yep. Tom. And yep. uh, 
I'll listen to your comments and um, um, keep up the good work. Thank, thank you, Mike. Thank Appreciate you for, it. Thank you for your nice thank words about the show, thank you. too. Right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Tom. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 877-337-6666 is our number here at The Fan. Interesting thoughts that uh, were yeah. shared yeah. by yeah. Mike with us. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and the courage to come on and say that. Um, also, uh, I commend him on that. I, I always say you know, to people, why do you think you uh, you put your family at risk for gambling. Think about how powerful that is. I believe many, many compulsive gamblers out there love their family. They love their kids, their children. How powerful is this thing called gambling that that comes first and you put your family at risk? And that's, that's where I really go to the uh, underlying root. And, and like I said to you, Bob, I, I just I always go back to the messages early on in childhood. Not just gambling. I, I have people that come to me that are people pleasers, that they say yes all the time because they can't say no. All of these roles are created in childhood. It's all created with the messages that this is, that this is what I need to do to, uh, to either survive my childhood or to move forward in life, people-pleasing, caretakers. Every role is created early on. And again, I want to say it because I know people get sensitive to this. I'm not blaming parents here. What I'm really asking everybody is to think about what messages you receive that you want to hold on to and what messages you receive that maybe needs a little attention that haven't helped you so much in certain areas. And that's really where I go in all of my uh, therapeutic uh, areas. Let's go back to something you mentioned a couple of minutes ago and is an important part of the discussion. This idea of sneaking bets, Mm -hmm. okay? When you use that term, say, sneaking bets, Mm -hmm. what do you mean? Give us an example of how that would work. Well, when when your gambling starts to control you, the people around you notice it. They notice it in your personality, in your lack of patience, and in other areas. And all of a sudden, you start betting more than you ever thought you were going to bet. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that $100 bet just doesn't do it anymore. I need something more to give me that thrill. All of a sudden, you might be sneaking bets, getting money from areas that you never thought you would. Maybe you're taking your kid's bank account. Maybe you're taking some money that you put on the side for other reasons. And maybe your spouse or a significant other doesn't exactly like that. So you're, you're again, you're starting to... Uh, uh, First, take money in areas you shouldn't. You're not paying your bills maybe late because you're taking money in areas that you shouldn't. Um, And all of a sudden, you know people around you are aware of it. So now I got to sneak it a little bit. And that's what I mean when when I say, you know, you may not like the person you see in the mirror. Mm. And when one is doing that, where does the spouse... Where does the family turn for help? Yeah, that's very important what you just said. And, that, and that's why I tell people to call uh, the Council on Compulsive Gambling, 1-800-GAMBLER, for the person that's in a relationship with the addict. Because you need help. You need to educate yourself on what you can do. The difference between loving that person to health and enabling them to get worse. you got to learn the difference. It's not easy sometimes. Many people think I'm going to love that person and that's how they're going to get help when you might be enabling them to get worse. You got to know the difference between empathy and codependency. Empathy is where you really feel the pain. Codependency is where you lose yourself in your partner. Where all of a sudden you're trying to 
uh, fix them more than they want to fix them. Or you're working on their stuff more than they're working on their stuff. I'm talking about getting better. Um, so that becomes codependent, not empathy. So you have to go to places to speak to other people that have been through this and learn the difference between these things. It's essential. You have to go to places that are really uncomfortable for a lot of people, it's too. The, yeah, and it's the same thing. And I got a, one of my clients, uh, this lady married to a compulsive gambler, wrote a beautiful beautiful piece for me. And she said, give this to all of those that are married to compulsive gamblers, that you need to be in recovery yourself. Don't think that this is just going to work if the compulsive gambler goes and gets help. Mm -hmm. You need to get help yourself. You got to educate yourself. You got to build a better sense of self. Like why, why am I tolerating this? Um, You have to work on your self-esteem. And she says, if you do those things, Regardless of what happens on the other end, you're going to come out better off for it yourself. Mm-hmm. 877-337-6666, our number here at The Fan. Let's see if we can squeeze in a call here before our top of the hour update. Go to uh, Dennis in uh, Lindbrook. Dennis, good morning. Welcome to The Fan. Hey, Bob. How you doing? This is Dennis. I was with you last year with the exact same uh, show. Yes, good morning. You remember. How you doing? I'm doing well. I- Everybody, Tom, doing good, hopefully. Hi, Dennis, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, I just got back from the Maryland GA and Gaminoi Mini Conference yesterday. It was up there. It was in uh, Silver Springs, Maryland, and it was just a wonderful time. Beautiful. I'm in program coming up on 26 years. So, Beautiful. You know, when you see people, as I did yesterday, uh, in particular because they have such a, a want and desire to get better, it's so, it, it really gave me and my wife, Janet, such a rewarding feeling because yep. you know, it's, it's just so hard to see when people come in. They just they want the quick fix, and yep. they want to go in a merry little way. Yep. And it's just, it's, it, but yesterday, you know, seeing all these people working hard, understanding what they, they need to do, albeit a hard task sometimes because a lot of people go back and slip, just like the gentleman before was calling about. Although I was taken back a little bit by the way he just says I only gamble a little bit now. Right. You know, that's, you know, the problem with that is that, you know, give a compulsive gambler a little bit, he's going to take a lot. He's going to take a a yard and a half. No such thing, right? Yeah, so it's just something that, uh, you know, and one of the things now, you know, granted I'm in there a long time now, but one of the best things about this now is that I have freedom. I'm finally... I'm not being held captive in my own body because yep. I, I don't have to gamble. I made that choice. Here's the things that I do each day. I try to do each day. Not gamble and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And those things, those two things alone give me an opportunity to be a better person each and every day. So it's been a, it's just been a wonderful uh, time for me and, uh, you know, I can't thank Gambles Anonymous and the people in it, and the people of Gaminon as well, the support group as he spoke about. Mm-hmm. My wife's been in Gaminon just, just as long as I have, except one month less than I have. Yep. And we do this thing together. It's a family. The disease came into our family. It affected our family, and we work at, in recovery as a family. So it's Absolutely. been a good thing for us. Dennis, thank Beautiful, you very Dennis. much. We've got to run here. Thank you. Certainly be well. Hey, Bob, I'll be in touch with you, okay? I appreciate that. Thank you. Ready? All right, buddy. We're uh, heading toward the top of the hour. We're going to take a pause for a look around the sporting world with Dave Uram. 
And a few messages, too. We're in a discussion with Thomas Gagliano, and he will stick around with us. We roll until 7.30 this Sunday morning. Radio.com. We are in a discussion with Thomas Gagliano on our program on FAN this morning and talking with him about this topic of compulsive gambling, interesting calls we've gotten thus far in our discussion. Uh, Tom is a best-selling author of The Problem Was Me. His website is thomasgagliano, that's all as one word, dot com. I said what we'll try to do is to work in thoughts from folks listening to us as well. WFAN's toll-free line, 877-337-6666. It's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. Back to the phones we go and to uh, Bobby, who's been waiting a long time in New Rochelle. Thank you for holding on so long, Bobby. Welcome to the fan. Yeah, good morning. Uh, uh, and I want to say to the gentleman that's with you, God bless you. Uh, the, 20 you. Sec- the 22nd of this month, I will have 30 years of my thing that I had to stay away from one day at a time. But I guess I'm calling because I, and I, I don't really have a gambling problem. I try to stay away from gambling. Mm-hmm. But I got a problem with a lot of these announcers on this show that, uh, uh, that, you know, talk about gambling. And I know one of them in the afternoon, that, you know, since they passed this law. And God bless them because, you know what, there are a lot of families out there, a lot of people out there that have lost their family, their home, their children, their job to gambling. And I just want to say God bless you, and uh, that's about it. Okay. Thank you, Thank you for your call there, Bobby, and congratulations in advance on the 22nd. Yes. 30 years, that's a long time. That's great courage. Very long time. Next up on the phone at 877-337-6666 is Mike in Hartsdale. Mike, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Well, and yourself? Um, I had a a comment, you know, this being a sports show. I think one of the negative or or consequences from gambling, and it's it's down on the list. It's not not close to being in debt or or losing uh, your family, but it's losing the love of a team or a player that costs you money making a bet. Uh, you know, in 86, I was in my 20s and way over my head betting the World Series. And all the Met fans listening uh, know what happened there. Uh, you take a, a player like Bill Buckner. So if I mention that name, yes. everybody's going to think of, <laughs> you know, what are you guys going to think of if I mention Bill Buckner's name? Mm-hmm. You know, that infamous ground ball that went through his legs. Yes. Bill yep. Buckner was a fantastic baseball player. Unbelievable. Right? Yep. So, Tom, you're a sports fan. You yep. know you yep. know about Buckner. He was a fantastic, fantastic. baseball player. Yep. But, you know, all the folks in Boston that lost their shirts, you know, they're, they're one out away from winning that World Series. And I just think that's, you know, it's an awful way to, to approach sports when it's only about the bet. And it really hurts, you know? Absolutely. It, it is. And, and, you know, when you bet so much money and it's almost your life is hinging on what happens, it is terrible when you could take something that uh, was so great in your life. Sports is a wonderful thing. It saved me as a kid. And then look upon it with such uh, hatred because of what you just said. It's 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 terrible. 
It really is. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the Mets had such a bad year this year, and fortunately, you know, I, I got my love for sports back, and I had a ball watching this team this year, watching DeGrom and his run, watching these young guys uh, trying to make a name for themselves. But had I still been betting on the oh, game, it, right. it would have been nothing about DeGrom or these guys. It would have only been about the result and, you know, trying to make some money. Thanks a lot, guys. Absolutely. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you Thanks, for your Mark. call this morning and your patience on the phone as well. 877-337-6666, our number here at The Fan. You want to join us in our discussion. Talking with Tom Gagliano and talking about this topic of compulsive gambling. And, yes, we're talking about the topic. And, yes, you know, let's be bluntly honest about this, too. We've talked about this before on um, this program. On this station, yes, there are times when people talk about bets. There are times when there are ads for um, – Betting, um, places, uh, companies, casinos. Listen, this is a business. Mm -hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, These people pay to advertise here. And as Tom said at the very beginning of this discussion, there are people who can control their gambling. We're talking about the people for whom gambling is a problem, and has demonstrated itself as a problem in uh, this discussion. But I don't want anybody to think that we're completely um, not dealing with reality in the fact that, yes, there are discussions on this station on a daily basis about the topic of betting. Uh, Sports betting is a very big thing. And, of course, Tom and I both live in New Jersey, and we're seeing exactly what is going on in terms of sports betting there. It is, I believe, the state, I think I read this earlier this week, in the month of August, August alone, I believe, took in $90 million from sports betting. Just think about that. And that was the first month. Think how that potentially can grow. Back to the phones we go to, uh, let's see, to Rob in Lake Success. Rob, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Good morning, Bob. This is a fascinating discussion. I love listening to you, know, you as, as you know, every Sunday. I'm listening to a lot of the calls. Now, fortunately for myself, I've, I've never, I don't gamble at all. Seriously, I, I, I've never done drugs. Um, number one, because it's a position, I have a DA license, and that's a very dangerous license to have. I can pretty much write myself anything if I ever wanted to, so it's really dangerous. And, you know, it's something, thankfully, I've, I've never gotten involved with. But here's something I want to throw out at you guys. As a distance runner, I'm addicted to running. I'm addicted to exercise. I'm addicted. I need my endorphins. Like I'm going out to run, training for the New York City Marathon right now. And I'm going to run about 10 miles. I'm going to get the phone with you for my typical Sunday run. But what happens is with all different types of addictions, whether it's running, whether it's gambling, whether it's eating, um, there, are, there are sexaholics out there. There's all kinds of addictions, and they're basically the same to some extent. Now, people have said to me, oh, it's, what I do is a healthy addiction. I look great. I'm healthy. I'm fit. But when it becomes a lack of balance, guys, um, that's where I, I, I think maybe we're talking about gambling. Gambling is very dangerous because you can lose your life in the sense that you can lose all your financial earnings. You can, you know, there's all kinds of problems that could come with that. But I think... We're talking about a type of a personality because, in some respects, i got to be honest, I mean, I feel if I don't go out and get my exercise, if I don't go off on a five- to ten-mile run, I feel like I'm lacking something. And, and, and in some respects, it's similar. 
if you understand what I'm saying, the person that eats all the time, they feel they've got to eat all the time. The people that, um, whatever type of addiction they, that they're doing on a regular basis, are we talking about the same thing? You, you, you're talking about something similar, but here's what's really important. If you're running enough that you're not at your uh, kids' baseball games, if you're running enough that you're not uh, uh, with your wife enough, if, if, if all of a sudden it's impeding on your life, then you have to look at it. There's, you're running. It, it, it's good in a lot of ways. Look, I, I was a compulsive worker, okay? It right. made, me, it made okay. me a lot of money. It, it was wonderful to the world. But I was not at home as much as I should have been. I wasn't putting my family as the priority like I should have been doing. So whenever you do anything where you are hurting. In excess, I guess what you're saying, right? Yeah. And when it becomes, when it, when, when it takes away from your balance, a sense of balance, I guess right. you're saying. And, and, and I understand it's different, in, it's different in one respect because, you know, the gambling as well as a drug addiction, you know, could be really damaging to multiple, you know, different situations and, as far as financial and, and, and can change that a long way, drugs can send you to death, okay? Mm-hmm. But any type of an addiction which becomes a daily routine to the point of excess, I think is something we all have to look at because if it becomes, too, like you said, work at workaholics. Um, when you avoid situations where you should be at your kid's baseball game, you're spending time with your wife, maybe, you know, doing too much away from home, that's, I think, where the problem as well can set in. But I think a lot of this does come from the personality of what you're saying and what drives people the, to certain ways is, of di- getting addicted. Am, am I going around the right path? Yeah, yeah. there's a definite connection to the lack of self-esteem and how compulsive and addictive a person is. When a person gotcha. feels good about themselves, they're much more likely to have more balance and not to overdo anything. When a person is looking like for running to fill a void because they're not communicating with their wife, they're not communicating with their children, they're not feeling that that's filling their need inside. When they feel that that's the problem, that's when that person will do it more compulsively because they're not getting their needs met in other areas. And, you know, and then there's a different balance because when you're training for something and you're trying to reach certain goals, you have to put the time and an effort. But I don't want to get into the running. This, when I, my thought process was listening to some of the callers and listening to what people have to say, and I really get it, and, and, and I'm trying to relate it in my head to, to my form of addiction. And, and fortunately, I've never um, gone that many. I, I've never gone down the gambling road because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of frugal. I think to myself, why would I want to spend $1,000 and, and when I'm most likely going to lose when I can make that in, in a certain amount of time quickly? So I almost feel like I could just make it right. Why would I want to go down there? In other words, a few a hundred dollars is not going to do it for me. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sure, sure. I understand. So but that's why I never got involved. I said, "Why would I waste my time doing this? It's almost like a waste." And 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 also, what bothers me as well. I want to throw this out at the station. You guys advertise gambling all the time, and mm-hmm. and, I, and, he, and 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 it's out there, and and it, and it's and I think we're setting ourselves up for the future here. With like with you guys in Jersey, with gambling, you know, being so easy for people to do. I'm the type of I can walk into a casino and I don't, but I can walk in and never throw down a dime because it doesn't interest me, mm-hmm. you well, know. But that's me personally. But right. I think my my question to you is, 
are all addictions, and I think he answered it, are all addictions the same in a personality, um, the way people think about that? It's personality, really, what we're talking about, but what you choose, what addiction you get hooked on potentially is, is could be life-threatening or, or, or send you down a real bad path. And I, so there's okay. great stories here, and, and Bobby, this Rob. is a great topic. Thank you. I'm going to let um, Tom respond you to you, but we've got to take a pause here in our discussion. Interesting chat we're having with Tom Gagliano. You can join us on the phone, 877-337-6666. That's our number here at The Fan. We are in a discussion with Tom Gagliano on our program. We're talking with him about this topic of compulsive gambling. We're in the lightning round portion of our program. At 7.30 this morning, the NFL preview happens. And what we will do is try to take as many calls as we can between now and then. We go first to Dan in Jersey City, who's been on hold forever. Dan, thanks for holding on so long. Welcome to the fan. No worries at all. I wouldn't say that long. I've definitely waited on hold longer uh, to speak to, uh, you know, you guys, not you personally, but just I'm a fan. But thanks for taking my call. I wanted to just bring one thing to light or, you know, grab Tom's opinion. So I personally have an addictive personality, right? And that's to do anything which I do to an extreme. And that kind of like runs in my family. So mm-hmm. I guess, uh, let's just say a close one had something with drinking where he didn't drink a lot, right? And he drank a lot one one time and made almost an irreversible decision, which almost cost him his life. And I bring that back to me where when I gamble, I don't really, because I used to gamble every day. I stopped, you know, on the daily compulsive side. But here and there, like if I was on the trip, I lost a ton of money in the casinos, right? And I've done that, you know, maybe like three or four times throughout my life, you know, like 10, 15 grand, something like that. Um, whether that was on daily fantasy in the casinos. And I just wanted to grab your guys' opinions and think that it would be very important to kind of bring to light that just because you don't maybe gamble on a daily compulsive basis, that it still can rear its ugly head like one bad time. Um, and, you know, that, that that's really what I wanted to just kind of bring to light on this discussion because I think a lot of it has really been, you know, the guy that's going every day and gambling and taking up his time. And, you know, at least for me, when I stopped um, on a daily on a daily basis, I did notice that I grabbed so much time back, and which is also bad because now I'm in sales and I spend so much of my time just completely investing my time in that in my career, and that's probably a problem as well. But just wanted to bring that to light and gather your guys' feedback. I'll hop off. I know you're in lightning round. Okay. Let Tom respond. Thank you for your call this morning. It's, it's, it's a great point. It's like an alcoholic that says, I don't drink every day, but once a month gets creamed for three days and could uh, make some bad decisions, could drive drunk, could destroy their life. Yeah, Dan, uh, you know, when, when we cross lines – and we swear we would never do something again, and we do it again, we have to look at that as being a real problem. Next up on the phone is John on Long Island. John, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Morning. I just got up, and I was listening, and I heard Tom before. I wanted to say that I started at 16, and my junior year I was reading the racing form because my father used to love to go to the racetrack. And... I didn't stop gambling until about 44 years old. And it was uh, because I changed to maybe drinking or when I listened to the addictive personality, what I just wanted to ask Tom 
now that it's going to become legal. See, in 1973, when OTV opened up on every block, it made it simpler for me to feed my addiction instead of going to the racetrack. Now that we're going to have it legal, how many more addicts are we going to have in our young kids that can walk into a bedding parlor? And I know you're supposed to be 21, and we all know we have nephews who do that dollar sporting thing. I have a nephew, 25, who's gambling every weekend overseas, and now he doesn't have to. But what's going to happen to the younger generation? Are we going to put enough money into their kind of recovering, like I hear with the video games and stuff like that? Well, one, one of the things is government uh, can be addicted to the revenue more than it's uh, trying to help people. So remember when money's involved, sometimes uh, people... Oh, money's unbelievable yeah, right now. Right. Money may not be our first priority. I wanted to just tell you that as a kid, you, you connected to a feel-good with your dad. You saw yeah. him happy, and that connection is really what really created so much of your gambling because you time-traveled back to get that feel-good with gambling because that's when you saw you had that connection with your dad. Just something to think but, about, uh, uh, John. One other thing, Tom, could I fight if you don't mind? Yeah. I watched so much football, basketball, and horse racing that it became like a memory would be burned in my head when you had the bad beats. So right. I could tell people things that happened 30 years ago but then again, if I won, I couldn't tell you something that didn't happen that happened to me five years ago. Right. It's sort of like I always remember the terrible beats. Yeah. And we talk about it during Christmas time when the family gets around. They all laugh at the stories today. Mm -hmm. But if they really know, it affected my life, my marriage, my children. Absolutely. Everything. Gambling affects yeah. everything. Every and you don't life. get you don't get a ticket or your car taken away for driving because you're gambling. Yep. John, thank you for your so, call this morning. Certainly, um, okay, we, we wish you. you the best as you move forward. A lot of well, information that you've shared with us, uh, too. I mean, the polls this morning, touching on so many different areas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.